Spotify, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you're 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 listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Hello, you are listening to the Area 81 podcast. Ho, ho, ho. I hope everyone's Christmas was pleasant. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. And now, fashionably late, with an Area 81 newscast post-Christmas edition, is me, Area 81, Joey. So I'm just going to jump right into it, read a couple of these Christmas uh, news stories, if you will, and hope to spread a little bit of holiday cheer and a couple of laughs, too. So here we go. So, if you like cup of noodles or uh, ramen, there's a new flavor that was launched. It's called the Christmas Dinner Hot Noel Dole. It is kind of... I mean, I'm not surprised that this exists, because there's a whole lot of other stuff uh, Christmas-themed, or however you want to call it. But uh, we have here, it's like an instant pot of noodles, just like those cardboard pots. A little bigger than a cup of noodles. But uh, just packaged like a bowl. It's $1.77 US. And it says here the manufacturer Unilever says that the flavor is a fusion of turkey and stuffing with all the trimming. Uh, two pence from each sale will go to buy time for British troops stationed abroad. So I suppose it's not here in the US. Or it could be available at your local world market. Troops taste tested the new recipe of their favored home comfort snack. Squadron leader Stuart Balfour of the Royal Air Force told us it will help keep them in touch with loved ones at a really important time of the year. For this reason alone, Will and Guy applauded the idea. Um, I don't know who Will and Guy are, but Merry Christmas. A magnificent light show in Pennsylvania got the homeowner in hot water. Uh, it says here there's 21,240 lights. That doesn't seem like that much considering. But uh, looking at the picture of the house, it looks like uh, if Clark Griswold's house was a 10, this one's like an 8, 7.5. Uh, he says, I don't have any animations or blow molds. There isn't any music playing. I don't have a nativity in my yard or a Santa on my roof. It's just lights. That's all. But apparently... Uh, those 21,240 lights are causing big trouble. The northern Pennsylvania man has been decorating his home each Christmas season with thousands of brilliant multicolored lights since the 70s. 
For years, people in the surrounding areas have driven past his house to look at the light. Over the years, and the number of people driving by has numbered into the hundreds on some nights. And all that traffic has the local police upset with him. Talk about the Grinch. I mean, they haven't really done anything, but they're mad at him. That's the news story. They're mad at him. Apparently, British people are underestimating their electricity bills when it comes to their Christmas decorations. Says the average household that de- excuse me, the average household that decorates spends about 236 GBP. That's 370 US dollars on decorations for the outside of their house. That's crazy. You should see my house. I got <laughs> two of those little bush lights covered over my bushes. A strand of lights around the pillar of my house and a strand of lights up the trunk of one of my trees. I tried. It says uh, 5% of Brits had an accident while they were putting up their lights or taking them down. 85% of them said they had no idea how much their Christmas lights were going to cost them in terms of extra electricity. There was an estimation that the lights, which were switched on for six hours a day over the Christmas period, would use an extra 22 days worth of electricity. You guys really got to look into LEDs, man. You know what I mean? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. The French people seek to ban a Father Christmas advertisement. French people have sought to ban a television commercial in which a father tells his adult son that Father Christmas does not exist, claiming it has traumatized their children. Cool story, bro. Uh, It was a 20-second clip that aired during a commercial break on TF1, which is some French broadcasting channel, while they were airing Ratatouille. So there was definitely kids watching. Uh, the advertisement says, son, I've got some bad news for you. Son, I've got some bad news for you, says the father in the advertisement. For a high street bank. Whatever that means. Father Christmas does not exist. Yeah, stop lying. He says, making a parallel with financial advisors whose prime motivation for selling products, he claims, is commission. <laughs> The commercial sparked outrage among parents who are calling on the advertising watchdog to ban the clip. Interesting to see how this Christmas news story unfolds. I don't really care, because it's French. That's where I'm from! Also, incidentally enough, my children still believe in Santa Claus. I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them. This next one comes from Germany. A seven-year-old boy was stopped by police in northern Germany while trying to plow through with a front loader he borrowed from his parents' business. Authorities have told news stations an officer on patrol found the boy atop a three and a half meter tall. That's 11 and a half feet about for you Americans. For, for us Americans. Uh, the excavator, after he had cleared the street in the town of Rheinfeld and was driving back to the parking lot, the child noticed a police car behind him and stopped immediately. He opened the door, got out, and admitted immediately that he did not have a driver's license. Uh, When he was asked why he had begun plowing, he said that his father had complained about the state of the roads. So he saw the key in the ignition, and he took off. Police retrieved the key to the loader from the child and returned it, as well as the boy, to his mother. All right, here's a little bit of trivia for you all. Uh, What is the most selling Christmas single of all time? Think about it, yeah. Three seconds. Bing Crosby's White Christmas, the most selling Christmas single of all time. How many reindeer does Santa have pulling his sleigh? Nine. 
nine. It's an odd number because of Rudolph. It says here, here's a little snippet. It wasn't until about 200 years after Jesus' death that Christians started celebrating his birth. In Northern Europe, there was a holiday known as Yule. People celebrated this holiday by people celebrated this holiday by making great fires. They then would dance around the fires, screaming for the winter to end. That is one way to get it to stop. What was the first country to issue a Christmas postage stamp? Three, two, one. The answer is Austria. Austria, yes. What are the top four Christmas colors? I know it's an odd number, but give me four. All right. Red and green, yes. You probably said white. I don't know if white's an actual color. It doesn't count here. Give you two more seconds. White doesn't count. The next two popular colors are silver and gold. Just like the song. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. Eggnog, the popular Christmas drink, was invented where? If you said America, you are correct. America. I know English. Uh, how old was Jimmy Boyd when he made famous the Christmas Carol? I, I don't know if it's the Christmas Carol. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. I don't know if anybody would know this. 12 years old. 12 years old. Christmas lights were invented by which country? If you said America, you'd be correct. America. I know English. Which nation is the largest exporter of Christmas trees or which country or whatever you want to call it? Canada would be the correct answer. What's your name, sir? My name is These. These what, sir? And I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that Canada... Uh, has 95 to 99% of their population living within an hour of the border. I'm nervous! I don't trust them. I don't trust them. They can amass an army within an hour and invade. Watch out. No, I'm so scared! Where is the world's largest Christmas tree? Uh, if you knew this, I'm impressed. Kings Canyon National Park, California, USA, America. And here's just a snippet. It says here Coca-Cola made the concept of Santa Claus popular in America. I don't know how. I'm going to have to look into that a little more. There you go. All right, here. Christmas Eve in 2019. Uh, David Wayne Oliver robbed a Colorado bank only to throw all of the stolen cash into the air while exclaiming Merry Christmas to those who happened to be passing by at the perfect moment. The 65-year-old man was later arrested at a nearby Starbucks where he was trying to buy a caramel frappuccino. I'm just kidding. I made that last part up. Uh, Iraq, Iraq makes Christmas Day a national holiday. What better day to pass a law recognizing Christmas as an official holiday other than Christmas. 
That's what happened in 2018 when the country's cabinet approved a law to mark Christmas Day across the country. The cabinet voted on an amendment to the national holidays law in the country that Christmas Day is a holiday for all Iraqis, not only for the Christian community as it had been for decades. Happy Christmas to our Christian citizens, all Iraqis, and to all who are celebrating around the world. They said on Twitter, I don't even remember that happening, See, but that's how much I pay attention to world news. We're going to go back to 2013 for this one where a South Carolina woman who didn't get her beer fix on Christmas morning apparently lost her patience and stabbed her husband with a ceramic squirrel. The 44-year-old woman, Helen Williams, was later charged with domestic violence of a high and aggravated nature. She attacked her 41-year-old husband when he returned home without beer, at which point she grabbed a ceramic squirrel and hit him over the head with it and then took the broken part and stabbed him in the shoulder and the chest. I'm looking at a picture of the squirrel. Many sharp edges, many points of injury. Very, very possible. Now we're going to go back even further to 2008. We're just going back in time. Uh, a New Hampshire couple got into an all-out brawl over some major gift disappointment. Heath Blom, 26 years old, and his girlfriend Randy Young, 24 years old, came to blows when Blom became disappointed over not getting the present he really wanted. Keith Blom wanted a remote-controlled airplane for Christmas and not a Wii. The Nintendo Wii is a, uh, was a popular video gaming system. Blom and Young, both bruised from the fight, were arrested and slapped with misdemeanor charges of domestic-related assault. Uh, Christmas Day back in 2006, uh, James Brown passed away. He was 73 years old. Said he was reported to have died of congestive heart failure, but the conspiracy theories began soon swirling suggesting he may have been murdered. Christmas Day 1997, Seinfeld announced that the Seinfeld sitcom will be over. I remember watching the last episode of Seinfeld. I remember that. It was an interesting show. It had good moments. A lot of people don't understand it, don't care for it like The Office, but you're stupid and wrong. 1991, Mikhail Gorbachev chose Christmas Day to resign from his role as president of the Soviet Union. What a gift for some people, right? And then, now we have uh, Putin. Charlie Chapman died in 1977. That's before I was born. He was 88 years old, and he had been in failing health for quite some time. All the presents were under the tree, Charlie gave so much happiness, and although he had been ill for a long time, uh, he passed away on Christmas Day. How unfortunate. Okay, this is the Area 81 podcast, so what we're going to do is we're going to go back in time. Uh, starting from 1981, and go with the most popular Christmas toys of each year. Okay, so you might not remember until a certain point, but these were the hot toys that everybody wanted. Okay, we're going to start with my birth year. Uh, 1981, Smurf Schwag. The Smurfs began life in 1958 and originally appeared in comic books, but later made their way onto the TV and into video games, dolls, etc. It was the television show that actually began popularizing the toys in, in their most uh, popular fashion. And the Smurf toys were high on the Christmas list in 1981. I remember the Smurfs. I was into it. Uh, it had magic, so my mom really didn't like it all that much. 
1982, BMX. BMX was a fad that started in the 70s when children began racing their bikes in a style inspired by motocross sports stars at the time. The phenomenon of BMX racing was born, and the BMX bike grew and grew in popularity, and it sure did. I don't remember 1982 all that much. I was only one. But uh, I do remember BMX bikes being a hot commodity. 1983, Cabbage Patch Dolls. The Cabbage Patch Kids were the must-have toy of 1983, and perhaps the first toy on the list to result in several fights breaking out in stores across the United States. Uh, In the 60s, people had uh, manners. In the 70s, nobody cared. And in the 80s, people were douchebags. Uh, The Cabbage Patch Kids had humble beginnings at the hands of, you remember the creator? He had his name tattooed on uh, the butt cheeks of each Cabbage Patch doll. It was Xavier Roberts. He was a 21-year-old art student who began hand-stitching dolls in 1978. I bet you didn't know that. Originally, the dolls were not sold, but they were adopted with their own names already chosen and birth certificates. 1984. Transformers. 1984, Hasbro Toys started a venture with Takara of Japan to create toys and merchandise for the Transformers animated series. This mission to create a line of toys for the robots in disguise essentially resulted in the longest-running and most popular toy franchise of all time. At least for these two companies, anyway. Initial sales proved a massive success, and these Transformer toys were highly sought after around Christmas time. I'm looking at the picture. I remember these toys. Again, I was only three in 1984, but uh, two years later, when I was able to play with toys and wanting them, I, I do remember wanting Transformers really bad and all the knockoffs that came along with it. Uh, they improved with each coming year that followed with bigger, bolder designs and improved transforming abilities. 1985, Care Bears. In 1985, Care Bears began their life on a greeting card, but proved so popular they were eventually turned into toys, TV programs, and more. In the 80s, a number of TV shows pushed the popularity of Care Bears into the mainstream, but with the Care Bears movie in 1985, these plush teddies began selling like crazy. Care Bears were top of the pile on many a Christmas wish list across the world. Now, this one I wanted... Now, this one I can start to remember uh, wanting these toys. 1986, the number one toy was Teddy Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin was one of the first talking teddy bears and the grandfather of hundreds, if not thousands, of similar toys since then. The little bear had a cassette tape attached to its back that allowed him to tell stories with his mouth and eye movements that were synchronized to the audio. Pretty uh, ahead of its time. I wanted one. I never got one. They were a little pricey. That's okay. I still love my parents. 1987. I remember these two. I wanted one. I did. I was able to get a couple of these from Kmart. Uh, the Koosh Ball. Extremely popular Koosh Ball was invented by Scott Stillinger in 1986 when he was having trouble teaching his young children how to catch and finding that normal balls were far too bouncy. He created the Koosh Ball, which was intended to be soft enough not to hurt or to bounce when it was thrown and easier to catch than a normal ball, too. And basically, it's like a bunch of little uh, rubber band strings 
if you remember the Koosh ball, coming out of like a central point. So it looks like a sea urchin kind of, but it's just like rubber bands, basically. He was so confident in the design of the original Koosh ball and how well it worked that he quit his job to begin manufacturing. It was a good choice, and he became the best-selling toy of 1987. Now we're getting into my the, the deepest part of my mind, my memory. 1988. Anybody have any guesses? The NES console, Nintendo Entertainment System, nearly a decade after the Atari 2600 made its way into people's homes, uh, I, we did have an Atari 2600. And uh, it was cool at the time, but the Nintendo was set to blow it out of the water. Nintendo released the first of its successful gaming consoles to hit the world market. With the likes of Duck Hunt, Super Mario Bros., and more being released on the system, the NES shot Nintendo to the forefront of the gaming industry and turned them into a household name. Uh, on that note, every system after that for years was called Nintendo by Mexican moms, you know? That was like the word for video games. It was just, go play Nintendo. But she meant go play video games. Uh, 1988 Nintendo Entertainment System was a console of choice, and it and Nintendo managed to sell seven million systems by the end of the year, uh, outselling home computer competitors by a million miles. I don't know what that means, miles. 1989 Nintendo stacked them up with the Game Boy. One of the first 8-bit handheld consoles was released to the market by Nintendo. This fantastic little gray slab was a cartridge-based gaming system that allowed kids across the world to take their games with them wherever they want. It wasn't the first handheld console, but its release was perfectly timed and the games were available at the time that made it a sensation. On its first release in the United States, the Game Boy sold over 40,000 units on the first day and along with the Game Boy Color went on to sell over 118 million units worldwide in its lifetime. It's ridiculous. Um, in Christmas of 1989, though, the Game Boy was the most popular toy around and a gaming classic that would live in nostalgia for years to come. All right. Uh, 1990, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep, I can vouch for that. In 1990, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film took the cinemas by storm, clocking up 200 million at the box office and quickly becoming the highest grossing indie film of all time. The action figures were just as popular and kids everywhere were fighting over who was the best turtle and demanding collection for Christmas. I always wanted to be Michelangelo. He was a party dude. 1991, Pogs. Uh, the history of Pogs, P-O-G-S, actually dates back to the 1920s in Hawaii when milk bottle caps were used as a game among children. Decades later, the simple game made its way into the mainstream when Pog discs began to be sold and the Hawaiian game took the world by storm. Kids everywhere were battling it out on the playground to see who could get the biggest Pog collection. I still ha actually, I still have my Pog and Slammer collection. And if you don't know what Pog means, uh, it's a popular drink in Hawaii. If you've ever been there, it's the Passion Orange Guava, abbreviated P-O-G. 1992, the talking Barney was the main star of a runway hit children's television show, Barney and Friends. That started life in 92 and kept going until 2009. That's a pretty good run. 
Talking Barney toys were the most popular toy on sale in Christmas of that year and showed just how much children loved the show. Barney was also the second popular talking teddy bear-like toy to appear after Teddy Ruxpin. I don't remember talking Barney, but I wasn't into Barney. I was already too big by then. 11 years old. 1993, Talkboy. The Talkboy was a cassette player and a recorder that actually started life as a prop for the Home Alone films, but proved so popular that a working model was actually made in the run-up to Black Friday that year. I remember that. I remember, uh, I never got one. My cousin Georgie got one. Uh, Georgie's on episode two, I believe, season one of Area 81 podcast. Um, he got the top one. I remember the first thing he had to say, and it was, credit card, you got it. By Christmas time, everybody wanted one, and they were selling like hotcakes. The deluxe model featured a slow playback mode that allowed kids to manipulate their voices, and they loved it. It sounded like an adult. Not really, though. 94, Power Rangers. Uh, ethnically diverse with the superpowers. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers were a smash hit, and the toys and merchandise that were released that year and sold by the thousands in the years that followed. 1995, Beanie Babies were a popular line of stuffed toys made with beans rather than stuffing. I remember these. Everybody wanted to complete their collection or trading them on eBay, selling them. Uh, it was crazy. They were stuffed, so that meant they could be posed, and kids loved them. But I think it was adults that really liked them more. 1996, Tickle Me Elmo. Thanks to a wave of marketing, Elmo from Sesame Street was in high demand that Christmas in 1996. Demand outstripped supply, and the shopping frenzy broke out during the holiday season that saw parents fighting in stores to get their hands on the latest craze. I remember this. People were beating the crap out of each other. Uh, Tickle Me Elmo even got some parents arrested while they fought. It's also rumored that one desperate shopper paid $7,100 for a single Elmo in a desperate attempt to keep their child happy. I'm sorry. I'll be like, I mean, there's always uh, Valentine's Day. 1997. And my sister still owes me money for this one. Tamagotchi. The reality pet. Well, this is the description on the Tamagotchi box. It says, Tamagotchi is a tiny pet from cyberspace who needs your love to survive and grow. If you take good care of your Tamagotchi, it will slowly grow bigger, healthier, and more beautiful every day. But if you neglect your little cyber creature, your Tamagotchi may grow up to be mean or ugly. <laughs> How old will your Tamagotchi be when it returns to its home planet? What kind of virtual caretaker will you be? Um... I was already, what, 97? I was 16 years old. My sister had one. I secretly played with it when she wasn't around. So this toy had kids in charge of a digital pet that they had to feed, wash, and look after, clean up their poop, all that good stuff, and play with them. Uh, Pocket-sized toy sold insane numbers in 1997, and uh, 1997 was the year to have one. By 2010, 76 million Tamagotchis had sold worldwide. And they even made a reappearance this year. So if you see one, stay clear. You probably download the app now. 1998 Furby. If you remember Furby, there was a creepy little owl-looking cat creature things with big eyes that looked lazy. 
40 million units in two years. Uh, 1999 Pokemon Pokemon trading card game uh, from Japan took the world by storm. That was 1999. 2000 Razor Scooters. Having a Razor Scooter was the thing. I never got one. I never wanted one. I was too big for one, too old for one. 2001 Bratz Dolls. Remember Bratz Dolls? The heavy made-up fashion dolls caused various controversies, especially when it emerged that they were being manufactured by underpaid Chinese workers and sold at an extremely high markup. In 2008, Mattel won a $100 million copyright suit against the manufacturers of Bratz because of their similarity to Barbie dolls. 2002, Beyblades. Another Japanese toy sensation, uh, thanks to anime and manga, they were spinning tops that they would battle each other. I remember these. I remember them something before that, though. They were, they were called something else, but same idea, different name. Uh, you would spin them in a little arena, and they would fight each other, knock each other out. Basically, little metal top-looking things. Uh, 2003 and 2004, there's something called the Robo Sapien. It was a high-tech toy, 67 different pre-programmed actions, movements, and noises, and a 21-button remote had kids in fits of excitement as they made up uh, things for the little robot to do, such as dance, fart, burp, at your every whim. Over one and a half million RoboSapiens sold during the Christmas season of 2004. 2005, the Xbox 360. The insanely popular new console from Microsoft that had just started selling in time for Christmas. Um, of course, with short supply, the Xbox found its way onto eBay with people reselling the console for ridiculously uh, more than it was worth. 2006, the Sony PlayStation 3, which I have right next to me. I'm looking at it right now, but it's the slim version. Uh, 2006, the Sony PlayStation 3 was met with crowds and queues of people as they desperately tried to get their hands on one in time for the holidays. One pre-sale even sold on eBay for $3,000. Uh, PlayStation 3 also had several incidents of crime. As people tried to get their hands on one, some customers were shot, others were robbed, and others still fought in order to be the first ones to have their hands on it. There's a rumor that one fan even poisoned his fellow cures with laxative when he heard they were going to run out of units before he got to the front of the line. <laughs> I wonder if that's true. 2007, the iPod Touch. I did get one of these. I don't know if it was 2007. The first generation of Apple iPod Touch reached the market just in time for Christmas. Uh, Apple's revolutionary multi-touch interface and built-in Wi-Fi wireless networking bought video, music, and more to people everywhere. Steve Jobs once referred to the iPod Touch as training wheels for the iPhone. And that was the must-have gadget in 2007. So yes, I had one of those. Yes, I had a PlayStation 3. I never had a xbox 360 uh elmo live was in 2008 um just in time for christmas the little red chap could wave his arm sit stand move around with a simple tickle or squeeze elmo live was also voice capable and even able to react to children's individual voices cool 2009 the nook amazon uh before amazon kindle the Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader was the most uh, popular electronic device. 
2009. The Nook beat Amazon Kindle's sales simply by having an extra screen and Wi-Fi capabilities, making it user-friendly and able to delight people everywhere. It looks nice. 2010, the Apple iPad. Since its initial release in 2010, the Apple iPad. I'll say that again. Apple iPad has become synonymous with tablet devices. The first slim tablet that has allowed users to watch movies, browse the web, play games from the comfort of their sofa. Despite releasing at the start of the year, the Apple iPad was the must-have device of Christmas uh, that year. 2011, look who's back, Elmo. Let's rock Elmo. He came with a microphone, a tambourine, and a drum set. Uh, was quite possibly one of the noisiest toys of that time. He could uh, sing six songs as well as interact with a variety of related toys. Uh, the really lucky children even had a cookie monster on the keyboard for the full Muppet experience. 2012, the Wii U. Never had one. Seemed pretty cool, though. It was a positive reception for it and a popular purchase for Christmas in 2012. Well, 13 and a half million units worldwide. Crazy. 2013, looky, looky, big hugs Elmo. It was a soft plush toy. It was capable of returning your children's cuddles and hugs. He sang lullabies. And, uh, yeah. 2014, the Elsa doll sang Let It Go. Came with a little uh, snowman. I don't know the guys. I've never seen that movie. So she could also uh, say lines from the movie. Yeah. 2015, BB-8. Um, Star Wars droids are cute and amusing. They're also a cash cow when it comes to toys and merchandise. So this voice-controlled bot was the most popular toy of the Christmas period of 2015, packed full of features, and kids and adults loved it. If you don't know BB-8, he's a little ball with a ball, like a little dome on top of him for a head. Really cool. They made it work. I don't know how. It's magnetic. It's got to be magnetic or something. But uh, the way it rolls around. Pretty cool toy. 2016, believe it or not, the NES Mini. Uh, the new and improved mini system brought nostalgic joy to all grown-ups. Uh, though we're sure plenty of parents bought it for their kids, or at least used it as an excuse, the NES Mini came with a great collection of 8-bit games, but the high demand made it tough to get a hold of them in time for Christmas. So they came preloaded with games. I think we have one. I do have one of these. 2017 Cosmo. Looks like a little robot tractor thingamajigger. Uh, Cosmo is small, but hefty in price, so that might take some convincing to buy one, but it's a clever little droid that kids and adults will love. He does look like a Pixar film character. Oh, it's to learn, learn, learn kids. It's to learn kids how to code. Yeah! 2018, the Boxer AI robot. Uh, another little robot that you can code and teach him to do stuff. Looks generic. I hate it. Moving on. 2019 was the LOL Surprise 2-in-1 Glamper. Um, with honorable mention to the Nerf Fortnite SPL Blaster, this has to be the 2019 most popular toy. It's a glamper. That's the actual word. Glamping. It's like camping, but with all the amenities. Uh, the glamper was certainly much anticipated before launching, with unboxings of it racking up more than 9 million views on YouTube before its release. There's 55 different elements to the set while the trailer folds out completely. 
Uh, looks like a bunch of pieces to lose and step on. <laughs> 2020, the PS5 and Xbox Series X. With the uh, release of COVID-19, people thought they needed something to do inside the house. And getting a PS5 or Xbox seemed like the logical thing to do. But impossible, almost, unless you were a hacker or were willing to pay big bucks. Uh, scalpers and resellers using bots to make hefty profits. If you actually got a PS5 or Xbox Series X in 2020, you were in the minority. I actually got one, but not in 2020. We got a Switch in 2020, and I just got the X. I mean, the PlayStation 5 a couple months ago. 2021 was the Grogu plush toy, 11 inches tall. Uh, nothing special about it. It was Grogu. 2022, the Disney Pixar Lightyear Socks Robot Cat. Uh, from the movie Lightyear, it was an interactive toy cat robotic companion, 100 different sounds, six data chips that allow him to answer space trivia and engage in Star Command training activities. There you go. Well, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up for the post-Christmas Area 81 uh, newscast. It was a little longer than usual. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, much love. I got some cool episodes in the pipeline here, as I usually tell you. I choose... I Sorry. I hope to have them done within the next few weeks. So. Uh, yeah. Much love. Catch you guys on the flip side. Is this uh, Michael? Who is this? This is uh, what do you Joey. Want with me? <laughs> I was just calling people just to check up on them. How you doing, man? You are you alive? You're not gravely ill, are you? Doing great. Doing absolutely enjoying the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor with that smell, it did linger. I couldn't get away. On no way from the aroma of Manteca. Uh-uh, no way. It's bad. Aroma from Antica. Somebody get me a gas mask. Yeah. It was worse than anything. It smelled like burning mice. I was going a hundred miles per hour and fearing for my life. When that odor went away, my girl, I did revive. We were both thankful and lucky to be alive. The people that live back there, they're nice and glad to see ya. But I don't know how they live with that aroma from Antica. Uh.